He is worthy. Let's take a moment right now to close your eyes and think about how wonderful our Lord is. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you. Jesus, 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 Jesus,
Isn't he worthy? Isn't he mighty? He is our King of kings and our Lord of lords. He is our Savior, Jesus Christ, who reigns on the throne. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Solid Word. It's okay to shout and scream. I don't think you're going to wake anyone up. It's okay. There you go. Hey, uh, we are glad that we got this wonderful break in the weather. I tell you, last night I was concerned, um, but I'm not right now. I thank God he's given us this opportunity to be able to be out here. And so I'm glad, thank God, that uh, we can still praise the Lord, whether inside or out. Amen? And we're grateful that you guys were, were able to join in and um, in worship. I thank God for Sister Melanie Terrell and how she has been continually blessing us and leading us in worship. Hopefully you came with a worshipful heart and then you were able to join in. But we thank God that we were able to be led well and so that our hearts hopefully are, are positioned in the right place and that we are able to hear God's word this morning. Have just a, a couple of things for us to be made aware of as we move forward through this month. We are definitely glad that we've been able to, to be able to be outside. We've had some weather challenges, I know, and yet we've been able to weather them. But we are planning within two weeks, so that will be not next Sunday, which is the 19th, but the Sunday afterwards, which will be the 26th. Um, next week, we will be out here again, weather permitting. Um, and if the weather does not permit, we will be live streaming from inside with no one there, um, with no one inside, meaning other than the preacher. But then also on the 26th, weather permitting, we want to have an outside uh, fellowship and what I'll call food. And all that is, we're not going to be grilling anything. There's going to be nothing that we're going to do. But what we want to be able to do for all of us, just like we're here this morning, is that we will have our service just like we are right now. And we'll be able to fellowship and, and, and sing and praise. And afterwards, what I'm going to ask you to do, like many of you did Today, more of you can bring your chairs, bring your lounge chairs, your garden chairs, whatever it is that you can put up and pop up. We will be sitting um, in spaces just as you are here. But what we'll do is have our service and then have a time of food. I'll ask you just to bring your lunch, bring your food, bring your dish with you. And after service, we'll sit right where we are in fellowship. Now, of course, if you get close to one another, we're going to definitely you know, um, ask you to mask up, you know, and, and, and yet we can be able to fellowship together. And so we're going to call it food. I mean, fellowship and food Sunday, which will be on the 26th of July. And so please, um, invite your friends as well, as many as we can get in this lot and to be distanced as we should, we will. Um, but please, um, come out, join us just as you are. I'm so grateful to see as many as we have here this morning. And so remember that the 26th, we want to be able to have fellowship and then food afterwards. And if you need to come and go out and get something and then to come back, we'll wait. Uh, but, but just make sure that we can join in and actually do that. So this morning, I'm going to have you to turn to a text that I actually did 
on by a devotional when this kind of COVID crisis first hit, but I'm going to join it with another text and really just talking about for us living righteously, um, living righteously in a wrong world. And what I mean by wrong, that, that, that the world, its system, what it's set up is, is, is not moving toward God. And yet how do we live righteously or in a wicked or in a wrong world? And so I'm going to turn to a very familiar text, but I'm going to have you to put your finger there and turn to another one that we're familiar with as we get started this morning. So our main text is going to be um, the book of Psalm, and it is going to be the very first one and one that many of us are familiar with. But I'm going to ask you just to put a bookmark in John chapter 17. We'll be looking at verses 14 through 19. Um, but if you would join me in prayer as we go before the Lord. Father, thank you again for this opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you for this weather. Thank you for this break. Thank you for this coolness. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to fellowship together. Lord, thank you that indeed, Lord, this Sunday we can start our week by worshiping you, by praising you, by committing ourselves afresh to you. And we pray, O oh God, that you would direct our hearts and our mind and our attention in the middle of all that is going on in the crisis, Lord, and, and, and everything that is hitting us as a world, as a society, as a nation, and even as a state, I pray, God, that you would help us to focus our mind, our eyes, and our attention on you. And by doing that, Lord, we would live the way you have called us to live. God, representing and demonstrating you to a world that is lost, Lord, because they will not focus their eyes on who you are. Thank you that Jesus came and died for the sins of this world, that we might be saved and live unto God righteously. Help us, O oh God, to be great representations of what you intended in this world, those who claim the name of Christ and those who not, may they see you as you are, as you have revealed yourself to be. God, holy, perfect, pure, and God willing to save and to set them on a course of righteousness leading to eternity. We ask you this in Christ's name, amen. And so the first division of the book of Psalms is only six verses, and so I'm going to read those, but then I will refer to John 17 along the way, so follow with me. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. 
So this morning, as we look at this righteous way that we are talking about living, there's some things that I want us to realize that we're blessed by not living. I like how this text will, there are times where we get instructions and blessings if you do something. And we all know, growing up in our homes, that there are times where there are blessings if you don't do something. We know there were many a times that we got that look from our parents that says, you don't want to go there. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be in this position because it will be blessed for you if you're not. And there are times where we get positive instruction. And then there are times that we get instruction that is from the negative, but is positive. And this is one of those cases. My stand is not wanting to cooperate with me. Give me just a moment. I'm going to have one of the guys, if you can bring me the, the, yeah, the regular standout. Thank you. And so first thing I want us to see, living righteously in a wrong world, number one, number one, um, you are blessed by not living by unrighteous counsel. That first verse sets the tone. It actually says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And he gets us to understand that. He gets us to understand that by looking at how not to live. See, there is counsel out there that is not worth following. There is counsel out there that is not worth following. And we all have witnessed that in one way or another. That there is advice, there is instruction, there is... There is that which is being given to you, which it says, do not, God says, do not follow that counsel. Why? Because its foundation is not in the right place. And so today, as we navigate these tough waters and as we seek as what we are to do, God tells us, number one, make sure who you're listening to is correct. Make sure Whoever you, I mean, whoever you are giving your ear to and your heart to is the right kind of counsel. See, you can be involved, you can be involved in the same thing that someone else is involved in and be doing it from a, 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 a different foundation, a different vantage point, and a different perspective. He says, the counsel that you receive and I think about that when, 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 when we go into legal settings, when we need an attorney, when we need legal counsel, you better have the right one because the wrong one can end you in a place you don't want to be. They may not defend you well. They may not set you up well. And so when he says blessed is the man, and that's man or woman, that is the human being, blessed is the man who does not walk by who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or ungodly or the person who is not coming from God's vantage point. You and I are involved in a world that has a number of things to say about everything, but God has a foundation that he wants you and I to be planted in and have all this based on. And when we have 
his foundation correctly, we can get involved in a lot of things and be coming from the right place. You can stand up and stand on the right foundation. See, there is nothing wrong. I mean, there's nothing worse than having the wrong foundation when things get shaken. See, I grew up in an area of the country where they used landfill a lot. Landfill is a place that used to be water, and what they did is that they drained it and filled it with land. That's the name, landfill. And so there are some buildings and there are some places in New York City that, are, that were built on what's called landfill. And so they would, again, drain and pour cement down. The only problem with landfill that I heard, one of the big problems is they're not good in, in, in places that are prone to earthquakes. Why? Because earthquakes will have a way of causing that landfill to become unstable, unsteady, and will act like jello. And so landfill doesn't do well when its earth is shaken. And for many of us, we better make sure that what we are following and that the council that we have rested our life in is not built on landfill. It's not that it was something else and now it is filled to look like its proper ground or earth. Why? Because when the ground becomes shaped, when the earth now is not steady, what ends up happening what ends up happening is whatever is placed on it will be shaken as well. And so when I think about this first verse, I think, hey, it says blessed is a man who, when it says walk, it talks about how you are living. When you go through all the rest of scripture and the scripture tells you to watch your walk or to walk wise or to walk godly, it's not talking about your gait or the way you walk. It is talking about how you're living. When the Bible tells you about walking, it is that which you do every day, that which is daily, that which is common, that which you must do as you go about your life. In order for you and I to go about daily life, we have to walk or we have to have a substitute for walking if we can't use our legs. And so what it means is how are you living daily? By whose counsel are you living? God says, it better be out of what is, I mean, of, of what you've been given of me. In essence, he says it by the reverse. Make sure that your counsel, that your perspective is not ungodly. So it, you're blessed by not living by unrighteous counsel. Second one, you're blessed by not living in a way that is sinful. So the difference in your walk is how you live daily. Your way is where you choose or or the direction that you choose to go in. That's the way that you go. Understand that too. You guys took a way to get here today. And the way that you choose, depending on what was happening on that road, will govern how you walk. And so you may determine to walk godly. You have to be careful that the way that you choose doesn't go against how you have chosen to walk. And so here he says, so blessed is the one, is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, 
nor stands in the way of sinners. Now you understand now your daily walk and then your standing, even as we are here today, that, 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 that way that you stand and speaks of now, you're a bit more stationary. You are now, you are now making more of a decision. Where are you standing? What way? Where is where you are standing going? That's what he says. Watch that. Again, living righteously in a wrong world. How do we do that? You know, uh, from what foundation have you, I mean, are you standing on? And, and, and that's your walk. How are you living daily? And what direction are you going in? And so it tells us there, watch your direction as you watch your daily life. Where are you going? Where will it end? Many of us, we are being told to live in the moment. And I will tell you, tell you what, when you string some moments together, you get away. And if your moments are ungodly, your way will be ungodly and your destination will end up being ungodly. What he tells us is not only watch your walk, watch your way. And then thirdly, he says, not only are you blessed by not living by unrighteous counsel and blessed by not living in a sinful way. It says the last one is, Blessed by not becoming a settled scoffer. What does that mean? If you walk by ungodly counsel and you choose a way that is against God, you will end up in a seat where you are mocking God, either with your lifestyle or with your very words and what you choose to say and how. And he's saying, listen to this, you are blessed and that thing's you are happy. You are to be envied. You are in a enviable position when these three things do not characterize who you are. And so that very last one, it says that you are not in the seat of the scoffer. That scoffer is the one who was saying, oh, I thought you said that God would do this. Oh, I thought you guys believed. Oh, I thought you Christians were and it is that person who sets themselves against God saying it is not so. Now understand, when God has called us to live this way, it will bring people who will mock and who will scoff. And so you might as well get used to it. You might as well get used to that person who is going to make it seem like you're crazy who's going to make it seem like you're standing for the wrong thing or that you're standing in the wrong way. It's going to make it seem like you don't know what you're doing or you don't know what you're talking about. But when you base your life on God's word and you position it on the full counsel of God, I'm not talking about you just finding your pet scriptures or your finding that which just sounds good to you or that which is easy or that which feels good to you. I'm talking about all of God's word and all of what he talks about in it. And so that means that you and I should be in his word and, 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 and actually reading and hearing all of it because it has something to say about all of our lives and all of our situations and all the places we go and really, in principle, all the things that we do. And so it may look crazy to some different people, to some different camps. It may look nuts. It may not look like people may want you to fit into. 
but what does it look like to God? Let me ask you this. By whose counsel are you walking by? Ask yourself that question. By whose standard am I living by? By whose counsel am I living by? Number two, <clears throat> what way am I choosing to live my life in? What direction am I going in? And number three, have I become settled in ungodly living? Have I become settled in that kind of thought, in that kind of teaching that is against God? And I'm telling you, that's not an easy answer. Don't just brush it off and say yes. <clears throat> think of your life and think of how you live. Think of what the scripture says, not just in certain areas, all of it, and begin to question if your life reflects God's desires. Because the next verse, it says, listen, the person that does not do these things, he says, he is like a tree. And I like this because a tree grows. We look around us and we see all kinds of of, of, of growth and different kinds of trees. And those trees which are closer to bodies of water, especially in this time when you had a lot of desert land, and, and, and if that tree was by a stream or by a river, its roots would always have nourishment. And so when it said it's like a tree, number one, it is like this organic thing that is growing. You are not going to be where you are now down the line because you are growing. When you look at these trees, if you had come here in the beginning of spring or at the end of winter, you would have seen a different scenery than we see right now. This is a result of trees being trees that are getting proper nourishment. Now, if you notice, for those who are here, you can look around, and I'm looking dead center from where I am. There is a tree that is almost in the middle of my sight line that is there and that it is no growth on it. It is a tree. But if you look at this tree by all, in, um, by all standards, that tree is dead. Why? Because there's no growth. There's nothing that it is sitting around other things that are growing. It is even in an environment in which it should grow, but it's not. And so I would say this is a tree that may be even around a whole lot of people that are growing in God. They're in the right company, but something is wrong with its root system because it's not growing. There's no fruit. There's no, nothing on that tree demonstrates life. And I will ask you today, are you among trees that are growing and yet are not? Or are you like trees that are growing according to how God has planted you and how he wants you to grow and how you are to flourish and how you are to be nourished? It says he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And, and, and now is the time for trees that have leaves to demonstrate that they are growing by the leaves that they show. It is in season. And so what God says for you and I, when you are planted in the right place, when you are properly planted, what will happen is when it is time for fruit to be seen in your life, it will be. Oh, I know that there are some seasons where it is down, where it is cold, where there may not be much growth, where you may be struggling, where it may be actually hard. But God says, when it is time to grow, you're going to have some fruit. 
You're going to show that there is some life in you. There's going to be some growth and people will be able to see it and will be blessed by it. I like what he says is that he is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruits and seasons and its leaf does not wither. This now is, is saying that it will always have proper nourishment. I'm still learning how to tend our little, I won't even call it garden, our front of our house and, and talking with, you know, someone a while back because I can kill a plant easy. I mean, easy. I've been known to do that way too many times. But, but one of the things that I realized is that when a flower or a plant or a tree's leaves begin to wither during growth season, it means it's not getting enough nourishment. It's not getting water. It's not getting enough food. Something is going wrong. And so for you and I, as believers, when we start to wither, when it is doing growing time, when you begin to fade, you need to go back and to ask God and to begin to inquire, God, where am I not getting proper nourishment? Where am I not being fed? Where is it that I am not getting what is needed because I should be growing? My leaves should not be down. They should be pointed up. As a matter of fact, most plants that have leaves, when the sun is out, S-O-N, and it is getting, I mean, S-U-N, and it is getting proper nourishment, its leaves are pointed up. And I'll say for you and I as believers that when we are in God and we are under the S-O-N, getting proper nourishment, our leaves, our life should be pointed up as well, receiving the nourishment from him. So here's my point. Is this indicative of your life? Is this the telltale sign of where you are? Are you growing by God's standard? And listen, he didn't say how your growth should look. When you look around here too, there are trees that are growing in different stages and ways and some will have different kinds of leaves. They will produce things, but they all have leaves. Here's my point is God is not saying to me that I should be growing at the rate that he should be growing and that she should be growing at the rate and that you should be as tall as I am and I should be as short as you are. God is saying all I'm concerned with is proper growth and so he says to you and I watch out he says because if you are growing if you are doing what is right if you are living he says it will show and understand where it comes from if you back up just a little it is from verse 2 how does he become that tree planted by the streams that his leaves does not wither and in all he does he prospers or that means that it is completed, it, 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 it is accomplished for what it was intended. For many of us, we think of, oh, that means I'm going, boy, I'm going to be hooked up. God's going to do it for me. Everything will, will, will actually prosper. That word prosper means everything that you do will be carried out to its intended completion. It will prosper. It will do what it was intended to do. But it stems from verse 2. But in, he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He doesn't go by ungodly counsel. He doesn't go by the ways that sinners goes by. And he does not 
settle himself in the scoffer's seat. But what does he do? He delights himself in God's law, or that means the word of the Lord. And that word, he meditates day and night. And that meditates mean you consider it and think about what it means in relation to who you are, where you are, and what you're doing. It says, now for you and I, that word is our filter every part of the day, governing all of who we are. And that is what brings about the fruit that should come when it needs to be there. And then it says, but the wicked are not like that. And look at what he says. Chaff is that which is on the wheat, which they separate, and that the wind actually blows away when the wind is strong enough. And when the winds of time, when the winds of crisis, when the winds of life, when the winds of economics, when the winds of trials and testings, when the winds of everything come, chaff is blown away. It is off course. It blows wherever that wind will take it. Are you going to be like that? God says that's what the wicked will be like, and it drives it away. And he says, therefore, they will not stand when judgment comes. And it is impossible for sinners to be part of the congregation of the righteous. And so understand that, that if you are living by sinful counsel, walking in sinful ways and settled with other sinners as scoffers, he says, know that you cannot, will not, are not a part of the congregation, the gathering of the righteous. He's not talking about a building nor a parking lot. He's talking about belonging to the community of people who are walking well in God, transforming this world even as they have been transformed. Knowing that everyone will not come, but we don't know who the sum that will come is, so we don't make judgments on the sum. We just go out and we bring whomever the sum is in. And so he says, understand this. For the Lord knows the way, verse 6, of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And so you say, well, how does that play out? I want you to turn with me just real quickly to John chapter 17, and I almost did it on just this. I'm not going to go through this in entirety at all, but it is Jesus in his high priestly prayer as he was talking to the Father, but he was talking to the Father, letting the disciples hear. He wanted them to understand what he was praying for them for, and he gets to this point, and we've heard this text used a lot, and as I was reading this week on this, something really interesting stuck out to me, and I wanted to bring this up in this. He, he says, verse 14, I have given them your word, that is that law of the Lord, that Psalm is talking about, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Now, understand, they are not looking to be hated. God didn't tell you to go out and to find as many people to hate you as you can. He's not saying that you go out and you live in such a way that all you do is to try to get people to hate you. And, 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 and you know, all you do is to let people know what you're opposed to. And the world hates me. No, God says that's a byproduct of what you choose to do. The byproduct of choosing to live by God's word that Christ gave us is that those who do not want to live by God's world will hate it and thus hate you. So understand that. It's not that you go out trying to find people to hate you. You don't have to do that. 
God says, just live for me and there will be some who do not like you. And it will be a variety of people. Some of them will look like you. Some of them will not look like you. You know what? Some of them will live next to you. Some of them will live far from you. God says it will be, number one, because of your love for God and his word. And it will also be because of sin in them. So hear what he says. 14, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Here's where we get that do not be of the world. I mean, uh, uh, right, do not be of the world. We are in the world, but not of it. And First John actually talks about that, but in the world and not of it. I think sometimes we believe that um, um, in the world and not of it. Being not of the world is a destination. I've, I've, I've actually read this. It's not. It's a starting point. Jesus says here, understand, he says, they hate them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. In other words, he says, they are like me. And just like the world treated me in a particular way, as I brought your your word, they're going to do the same to them. As we look at the life of Jesus and how he preached the word and had compassion and reached out and brought in and held the standard, people hated him for everything that he did. And then they says here, he says, here, listen to this. He says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. And so those prayers, when you go, God, just get me out of here. God says, okay, hold on a second. You're starting to pray something that I may not want for you. You're telling, you're asking me to get you out here and I put you here. You're asking to be removed and I need you to stay. You're asking to go and I need you right where you are. He says, Jesus is praying now. I don't ask that you take them from the world. The destination is to be in the world because you and because you are not of it. He's going to give us what our status really is. He says, you don't live by their standard. Your goal is not their goal. Your motivation is not their motivation. And thus, when you act, you act from a different vantage point than they do. Oh, it may even look like you are doing the same things, but it is from a different perspective. So here's what we say here. He says here, they are not of the world, just as, not, and just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. And that word sanctify, I know we normally have thought coming up that that meant the way you dress. It could affect the way you dress, but and do with that. When something is sanctified, it is actually separated from, separated from the crowd for a specific purpose. And so I've heard an example once that I love is that when you have a whole roll of fabric and you take out a part and you cut it out and you separate it to make a dress or you separate it to make a jacket, what you actually have done is you have sanctified that cloth. What have you done? You have separated it from the bunch that it came from for a specific purpose. And so you and I, we're not some new form of subhuman, new human people. God said, I took you from the bunch. You were just like everyone else. There was nothing different about you than anyone else. But when I called you, I separated you 
for a specific purpose. And you have been separated to live out that purpose. He doesn't want you just looking like the bunch, although you came from the bunch. So he says here, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Understand that just for a moment. I'm going to stop there. It says, here is the point. Yes, you are in the world, but not of it, but you are sent to it. Stop trying to avoid it. God says, I placed you right where you are for the time being, and you are to grow. You are to be planted. You are to be fruitful right where you are. He says, stop trying to avoid the world. Get in it. Be around it. Just don't be of it. How are you of it is when you are overcome by the evil one. He says, sanctify, separate them. How are you and I separated? Not by our ethnicity, not by our economic status, not by our jobs, not by where we go to church, not by what we do. He says, how are you separated? He says, sanctify them how? By your truth. That's how we're separated unto service. And because of that, now you can live in this world's system. You can act justly. You can act holy. You can live righteously because why you're doing it is totally different. And although you may be right around working in and, and, and doing some of the same deeds as those that are unbelievers, your purposes are different. And so God tells you and I today, hey, look, be in the world and not of it. Why? Because I sent you in it. I sent you to it so that you can transform it. Don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. I love that text. I always do. Do not be conformed. Don't be squeezed into the world's mold, but it says, but be transformed because when you are transformed, when you are made into something different, when that cloth that was taken from a roll of fabric is made into a beautiful garment, it is transformed. It's still the same material that it was before, but it looks totally different. All the different colors and clothes and things that we're wearing today were once part of a roll of fabric. But it was made into something specific and stands out in a way like the other part of that roll may not. And that's what God is calling you and I to do today. Don't be afraid of this world. Get in it. Be around it. God says you're in it, although you're not of it. They're not going to like you. Get over it. They're not. But here's going to be the deal. He says, but you can transform it if you yourselves are transformed and are sanctified, separated by the truth of God's word. So let me ask you, hmm, whose counsel are you living by? What way are you choosing to walk? Where are you choosing to sell your stuff? Notice, too, the positions on that. It is walk, stand, sit. Did you notice that? I'm sure you did. God says, watch how you walk, because it will govern where you stand, and it will determine where you sit. Pray with me today. Father, thank you. 
Thank you so much, God, that we live under your hand, by your way, for your will. God, you call us to be transformers in this world. You call us to be in it, to be around it. <clears throat> you, you, you call us, God, by the full counsel of your word. Lord, to let the world know who you are and let them know how you go about. Father, because that is what you want. And I pray today that we would be people who will transform instead of being conformed. Lord, that we will be in this world, we'll be around it, we will be involved, we will be connected, Lord, we would have hands on, Lord, we would not step back and say, oh God, this is not our world, so we'll let it be trashed. Father, we say this is indeed the world that you've placed us in on assignment at this time, during this season, when we're planted so that we would bear fruit. I pray that we would do that. Challenge us. Help us to not settle for something, but help us, Lord, to realize that we've been sent instead of settling. We ask you this in Christ's name, amen. And this morning, I'm so glad that we've been able to be out. And, and it seems that my mic is starting to fade some, so it's actually telling me, you done. And so I'm just glad this morning that we could worship, we could fellowship, that you guys are here. Um, please just, you know, say hello, connect with folk. Make sure that you, that, 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 that you let someone see your face. If you're, if you're too close, make sure you mask up. But I'm just really glad that we can worship this morning. Remember on the 26th, we are going to be gathering like this, whether permitting for service and after service, bring your own lunch, bring your food or your snack. Or, or whatever it is, and after church that you do, bring it with you, and let's fellowship together. I would encourage you to bring your chairs. What we're thinking of doing is actually setting it up to where we may park our cars clearly to one of either side and then be able to have your chairs, if you have them, in your parking spot. And you and your family or your friends that you come with will occupy one parking spot. And then we'd be able to clear that out if the weather allows us to do it. That's what we're going to try to do. We're going to give you some more <clears throat> info on that as time goes on over the next couple weeks. Next week, we will be out here again, as weather permits. Pray to the Lord that all the rain and all the blowing that has to be done, that is done Monday through Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have it clear. I'm not saying that it doesn't rain because we need that water. But I'm just going to pray that you know what, that as it rains, that it gives us space to be able to worship like this together. And then we'll look forward to August and what that brings. Amen? Y'all still out there? All right. Hey, listen, have a, have a great week. Thank you so much for coming. Say hello to someone and enjoy your Sunday and the rest of the week. God bless you.